So don't start with the shiny thing up front. Start mm -hmm. with the why, yeah. progress into well, what is the shift that we're actually, what's the metric shift we're looking to make here? Like, how am I going to measure success against the why? Yeah. Okay. And to get that shift, what do I need to do? Answer it in that order. Everything becomes so much clearer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Brendan Baker here from Canberra, which is, uh, I just learned a fun little fact, is the uh, capital of Australia, which I don't, I must have been living out under a rock or something, but uh, it's a bright and early 5.30 a.m. for Brendan, so I appreciate him getting up to, to be here with us today. Thanks, man. Thanks for being here. Oh, oh, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to ask this first question to for everybody that comes on the show, uh, championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What, what comes to mind for you or like, what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear it? Yeah. Championship leadership is someone who really is the ability to drive. Uh, it's the ability to drive without burning everyone in your, in, in your wake, right? It's about, it's the ability to make things happen without leaving casualties behind. It's probably the, yeah. the first thing that comes to mind for me. I love that. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, it's fun to hear all the different, you know, we were over 300 episodes in and it, I never get the same answer. So I love that. Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and kind of the journey, the path that you've been on in life and how that brings you to what you do and what you're up to today? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I live and breathe change leadership. Uh, but like, like many, I've kind of fell into my career. Uh, it's grew up in a house where uh, I wasn't around corporate very like basically not at all. My, my dad was in sales and then later had a trade. Um, my mum was a teacher. And so that was, that was all we knew. Mm -hmm. uh, but for some, some weird reason, I knew that I wanted to do something related to business. I had no idea, but I was just like, I just, I want to do something in business. Yeah. Uh, I was one of these weird eight or nine year olds who, um, if you asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would answer, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I couldn't say the word, but I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, so there was just this innate drive to, to want to do something around business. And I didn't know what I didn't, I had no exposure to the world at all. So when I went to uni, when I went and did a business business degree, uh, came out of the back of that. And, um, sorry, during that, I decided that I came up with this crazy idea where I was like, well, I don't want to do the same thing every day. I'll get bored. And I was so afraid of being bored. Yeah. I was like, I need variety in what I do. And so I decided, well, anything that's related to business as usual and anything related to just operating a business, I'm not interested in. I, I, I want to do something that's fresh. And so originally I start, I did an internship in an event management role. And that role did two things. Uh, number one, it um, showed me that I don't want to do event management. Yeah. Uh, and, and number two, it showed me that I was right in looking for something with defined start and end dates. I really liked that. Okay. Uh, and so finished the degree, found a graduate role in project management. And so started with this big government, yeah. uh, this big government agency. Uh, they brought me on as a graduate and they said, okay, uh, you're going to teach other people project management. Um, so they very quickly geared me up on it. Yeah. And then I started trying to raise the, the capability of the project managers within the area. Um, but I knew that there was something wrong and I'd never managed a project. I was like, I was how just can I be teaching say. these people? <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I meant to be doing this? Uh, 
And so I begged for a project. I said, give me a project, give me a project. I want to cut my teeth. And so they eventually gave me one. It was small. It was just a small IT process improvement project. And um, I made every mistake under the sun. Yeah. Uh, we, we basically did it in this little black box. We didn't talk to anyone. I, I just took the input in and just disappeared and came back and went, ta-da, look, it's done. And the, uh, the executive on it looked at it and said, yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> go and try again. And so the project ran well over time, well over budget. Um, but second attempt did get it done. I learned from the lessons. Um, and then I said, okay, give me another project, please. And they did. And um, I got better and better and bigger and bigger. And, and I got to the point where I hit a ceiling with that, with that um, employer. So then started moving around. And there's something nice about the project management style um, career start is that it's very fluid in terms of its career mobility. You can move quite, uh, you can shift horizontally really, really easily because projects have defined start and end. And when the project ends, you go, okay, well, we're done. Let's roll off and go find another one. And what that meant was I was able to be really aggressive and quite ambitious in terms of my movement. And so within a space of somewhere between five and six years, I went from graduate entry level through to basically senior management um, in terms of the scale of projects that I was leading and the teams I was leading. Um, so over that time, I was nominated for awards. I was um, ended up leading restructures, uh, entire trans um, transformations. Um, I'm probably extending the scale a little bit more than the six years now, but transformations. And what's where we've ended up is I've worn basically every hat over my career, which, which is about 13 years now. I've worn almost every hat there is to wear in that arena. I've lived and breathed change and projects and, and change leadership for, for that whole space. And it's been really, really interesting because it hasn't been any one type of project. I mean, it's been the usual suspects like the restructures and the new IT and the new processes and those types of things. But it's also been cutting away vegetation from energy lines and, and cataloging teddy bears. <laughs> right it's yeah. it's really wide and varied and yeah. what's where i've landed now is i mean i did some consulting and i did a bunch of things on the way but essentially i had a moment a couple of years ago when i say a moment it was a 18 month two year you know quarter life yeah. crisis yeah. um and i sat back and I said well what am i doing like what am i what's my value and what am i here to offer and I realized it was, it was the ability to take complexity and boil it into simplicity. And I saw that the, in this whole change arena, in this project arena, in basically shifting from A to B, there are a few key lessons. Number one, change is hard. Leading change is hard in particular. Number two, because it's hard, we need to make sure it's worthwhile, but it's often not. A lot of this stuff doesn't pay off in the way that people expect it to up front. Mm -hmm. And number three, everyone's overcomplicating it. And because they're overcomplicating it, they're missing key points. They're missing key essences. They're, they're basically getting stuck with their blinkers on as opposed to looking broad and whole and putting all of the pieces in together. Yeah. They get narrow and deep in a certain area and forget, forget everything else. So I looked at those three areas and I said, okay, well, that's, that's something I can help with. And so I founded the Valuable Change Co. I've written a couple of books 
And it's been my mission since that point to really help leaders drive more valuable change, drive more worthwhile change. And then there's a secondary mission I have, which is to fight unnecessary complexity. And that's where I am now. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I feel like the military could use some of that. Um, <laughs> well, this is my time in the military. I don't know. Sometimes we made things way more difficult than they needed to be. But uh, <laughs> that's probably that's life in general, right? Sometimes it is. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, incredible story. What's who are some of the championship leaders along that journey, that path for you that have really stood out? And maybe what are some of the characteristics from those folks that that are have helped? you to be the change leader that you are today yeah i love that question really love that um so i've been i've been really lucky um in that i've had a number of mentors on the way and mentors are a funny thing where the ones that you pay for and find um sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not but the ones yeah. that find you are just just through living um it's amazing that the, the real power they can have uh, and so there's a few that come to mind. Um, the first that comes to mind is there was a, there was a guy early in my career that actually the guy that hired me at the very beginning. Um, he, um, he spent a lot of time developing my capability, giving me opportunity and basically opening up the path. Uh, and what I think the key trait there was, uh, there were probably a couple. Number one, he saw potential and he was happy to invest in it. Uh, and number two, he was very clear, very, very clear. He, he was really powerful at clarity. And clarity is, you know, is one of the three key priorities of a change leader that, that I tend to see is being really, really clear. And he was, in particular, was really clear. So he mentored me through that early stage. And we're still good friends now. Mm -hmm. um, so real championship leaders spent that time on building that clarity up front, investing the time up front, and then letting me run, letting me make the mistakes recorrecting me as I go. Um, that was really powerful. Another person comes to mind who's one of my current friends uh, and mentors as well. Um, this is a guy that has, he's a solopreneur, solo operator, strategy consultant, um, does very well for himself, um, but is just generous, so beautifully generous. Mm -hmm. uh, with, with the way that he spends his time. And, and again, it's this ability to develop and create paths and spawn new ideas and help drive momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so, I mean, to me, that's, that's what the set one of the second priorities of, of a change leader is, is that ability to drive momentum. And so he's, he's a real catalyst at that in terms of you could have a conversation with him and in, in, in just 15 minutes, you'll go, Oh, all right, I'm feeling like yeah. I'm ready to tackle this, yeah. right? Uh, and so there's that ability to drive momentum. Um, and I mean, I've talked about the priorities and although I, nothing, no one in particular comes to mind in this space, I'll finish off the, the set, is the way that I tend to think about change leadership is three priorities, clarity, momentum, and the final one is being influenced. So maybe my next mentor is going to be great at building influence. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, these, these first two in particular, they real masters uh, at, at that leadership and yeah. it was really enabling you to grow. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing those. And, you know, it's just so, so powerful and important to have those people come through your life, like you said. So 
what's uh what's what's the change that you're looking to make what's it like uh you know what's the vision for you as a championship leader i think there's great great championship leaders have an incredible vision that others can't often see and and uh, not only that but they have the courage to take action on it so what's that um you know what's the impact you want to make through it what is it that you're looking to to change uh the vision you have uh, maybe even short term you know next five years yeah yeah uh again awesome question i, I love that because it's like what, what drives me right what, what yeah. gets me up every day and, and has me driving forward and you know why the hell am i building this business um honestly it's to help and it's to help in the in the arena of change um as i mentioned before it's it's so overcomplicated and it doesn't need to be i mean you can get really deep in different science and everything else but the vast majority of people leading in, in organizations don't need to get that deep they just need to get a few things right and keep a few things front of mind and then just drive it through and just be clear and honest and and just have a few things like answer a few questions that's essentially it right it's it's honestly not that complex and yet because this i'm going to sound like a cynic but because the industry needs to sell lot like certifications and textbooks and blah 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 right it gets really deep and really uh really complex and it doesn't need to be and shouldn't be yeah uh, it's unnecessary levels of stress so that's that's the mission is is fighting that and in doing that putting the pieces back together so in the industry i mean i talked about this already a little bit but it's project management is, is a stream where it's all about how do we get the best delivery how do we deliver against our cost and time targets and our quality mm -hmm. targets right then you got change management as a stream which is how do we get people to do things differently we got benefits management as a stream, which is what are the metrics we need to measure. And then we've got risk management as a stream, which is what's, what's going to go wrong and how do we do things about that? Yeah. And they all get really deep and narrow. And the problem is that leaders and teams and anyone driving this don't have that capacity to get that kind of narrow. And so they just pick one column. They pick one stream. They go, okay, I'm just going to do that. And they ignore the rest. Mm -hmm. And they're yeah. shooting themselves in the foot, right? Yeah. So... What I'm driving and what I'm trying to do and what I am doing with my clients is slicing horizontally instead of vertically. We go, okay, how do we put these pieces back together in a cohesive way? And I call that change leadership where it's like, yeah. let's put these pieces together. How do we drive this forward holistically and simply, but with value front of mind? Yeah. That's what drives well, me. Yeah, that's great. Beautiful. What, um, you know, as we we start to wrap this up if, if there's like one thing that you could give to the listeners here today that you know if they were to implement today would help move their life forward um what would that be it would be answer the three valuable questions up front for any change you're going to be leading and i mean i don't care if this is personal or organizational or whatever and these questions really really simple but answer them up front and things will be easier and these questions are why are you doing this how will you prove success? And what exactly are you doing? And do that in that order. So don't start with the shiny thing up front. Start mm -hmm. with the why. Yeah. Progress into well, what is the shift that we're actually, what's the metric shift we're looking to make here? Like, how am I going to measure success against the why? Yeah. Okay. And to get that shift, what do I need to do? Answer it in that order. Everything becomes so much clearer. Isn't the, uh, 
a lot of people struggle with the why, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, I spend a fair bit of time with my clients on the why. Um, well, when I say a fair bit of time, it's more around helping how to think about it. Mm-hmm. When you, once, you, once you know how to think about it, it's fairly easy. But what I tend to see is a lot of people put the what in the why. Like, yeah. you know, let's you know, use an arbitrary use case where you go, okay, well, we need a new database. Why do you need a new database? Because we need a new database, <laughs> right? They build in yeah. circular logic, right? right. Um, when really it's like, okay, well, why? And sometimes yeah. you just need to ask why five times, right? It's the why yeah. on why on why on why. And you eventually get to the meat of this. Um, so you want to shift away from this idea of the circular thinking, the what being the why. You also want to avoid really dry and jargon-filled whys. The idea behind the why is that you can answer. So if someone comes up to you and say, well, why are you changing? You can answer them in one, maximum two sentences in yeah. common, really simple conversational style language that paints a bit of a picture or at least triggers some kind of emotion. Yeah. So you know, maybe the database one, it's why are we doing this? Because the current one sucks. Because like it's, yeah. and it's taking our team way longer than it should to get things done. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, just last week, it, you know, we, we, it crashed and we lost half yeah. of our data, right? right? That's a why. And that describes a picture and you go, and we, we're, we're going to improve that, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the catalyst and then pull yeah. forward from that. And what's interesting, even from a conversational why like that, you get two really simple, easy metrics out of that. The first one sucks and it's taking way longer. So the first metric is speed of use. And then the second one is, and it crashed last week. And you go, okay, well, then you're looking at reliability is the second metric, right? And that falls out of that, which then leads to, well, what do we actually need to do to achieve those metrics? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. It's simple and something that definitely someone could use, like you said, in any arena of their life to, to help move it forward. So I appreciate that. What, what are a couple of ways we can, you know, follow you? And I know you said you had some books and, and uh, Mm -hmm. if they want to stay in touch with you or reach out to you or follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at LinkedIn. um, So you can come and find me there, but uh, valuablechange.com is my website. You can come and check out uh, my stuff there. I have, uh, I do have a couple of books, but probably the one that's most relevant for the listeners here is Valuable Change. So that's nice and easy. Valuablechange.com mm-hmm. is the website. Valuable Change is the book. Um, and you'll find that it's in all formats anywhere. Uh, so audiobook, ebook, hardcover, paper, paperback, however you want to consume it, it's there. Um, easily, easily uh, gotten. Um, and finally, I have a weekly newsletter, the Change Leader Weekly, which you can get via LinkedIn or through my website. Um, and the readership has grown on an exponential rate over the last 12 months since I've launched it. Awesome. And um, the subscri- unsubscribes, I'm very proud of, are extremely, extremely low. So nice. yeah. must be doing something right there. Which, yeah, which absolutely. Is nice. so, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, ch- check that out and connect with me on LinkedIn. And, uh, honestly, I'm just an email away. Nice and yeah, shoot me a message. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll get that linked up for sure so that you guys uh, listening in can can find it easy. Uh, appreciate you uh, getting up at the crack of dawn to uh, to be here with us. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure.